Welcome back to Love, Life, and Legacy, the podcast dedicated to helping you navigate these hypersexualized times of ours. And in today's episode, Benji and I, that's right, Benji's back, we're going to unpack how sexual integrity is such an important, an integral, a foundational, a fundamental aspect to the blessing, to being a really genuine, bona fide, qualified candidate for the blessing, for the matching, and how that should come much earlier in the stage of finding somebody than you might think. Benji's got seven dominoes, and as you'll discover, they are not a part of a pyramid. Inside joke that you'll understand after you listen to the episode. And they are seven really important steps to consider, am I ready? Have I done this work prior to engaging in the matching process? Very, very helpful kind of like the hindsight that we're offering you so that you don't have to go through it yourself. So without further ado, let's get into this episode. Welcome back, Benji. Alrighty then. Howdy folks. Welcome back to the Love, Life, and Legacy podcast. It is your bestest buddies, myself, Benji, and yourself. Who are you? Andy Rue. They Andy know Rue. me oh too well because in your absence, Benji, I've been doing solo casts, just like oh, I know. on a little island crying the entire time. I know. Like a lost Thank little you. child without Andrew, his mommy. Andrew. Guys, give it up for Andrew. He keeps us going. He keeps us energized and fueled. But today you are absolutely going to love this topic if you are in the boat of trying to prepare well for matching and blessing. And later on, I want to give you guys an opportunity to join a brand new program that we are heading up just for folks who are preparing for matching blessings. So if you're interested in that, I'm going to plug that a little later in the show. But uh, this is going to be about how sexual integrity prepares you best. And I'm going to make a strong statement here. It prepares you best for matching and blessing. Um, and so I have not really talked a lot about my own experience, like uh, working with the blessing department for many years like the last decade or so uh, that I've been a matching supporter. And uh, there's like a systematic like process that I've developed. I talk about, it's called the seven steps to prepare for matching blessing. And one of those happens to include sexual integrity. So I don't think I've actually talked about it here on the podcast, but I want to mention it um, kind of as my my like go-to spiel for for why this is important. Because it's it sounds like one of those things where like, hey guys, if you want to get married, you guys have to stop watching porn because... We just want you guys to stop watching porn. And I think in the back of a lot of people's minds, they're like, is it really that important? Or can I get away with it until I get mashed and blessed? And then I can just stop, right? Uh, but I think we want to make a really hard case why sexual integrity is probably one of the most important things that we've actually seen uh, in people that we work with to get mashed and blessed, right? So, uh, yeah. 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 I think there is so much about what you get when you build sexual integrity, there's all these ancillary benefits of formulating a clear vision. Like how, how important is that for anybody to know what you want out of life and to build the habits that allow you to get that. This is clear in the fitness world right. in like the motivation right. hustle, gotta, gotta make a billion yeah. dollars a day yeah. world. Like that's all, that's what they talk about is hitting the grind, yeah. but it's never for love. Like all those guys, it blows my mind that you can have somebody like a Tim Ferriss or a Gary Vee or all these guys that are famous for making these worldwide empires about 
about either working hard in the case of Gary Vee or working systematically in the case of Tim Ferriss. And yet you look at their love lives and they're completely like Gary Vee just got a divorce a little while back from Fair. hustling too much. I'm guessing Tim Ferriss is deathly afraid of marriage. Uh, and it's so weird because they are so keen about yeah. organizing your life for the maximum return, except they're right. omitting the most important part of your life, which is love, which is like yeah. creating an eternal relationship with somebody and developing kids and like nurturing them in this love. It's like, it it blows my mind because it's so consistently the case that they have yeah. everything in their life is like tickety-boo okay. and organized to like the second and then they leave love to be the random aspect of their life. It's like, that's so backwards. We are straight up calling out the two biggest names in like the online. Yeah, space. and everybody in between, you know? I don't yeah. know. I, I and, haven't and heard anybody... Like, I mean, what brought that up was the idea that you have a vision and you have habits to like live up to that vision, to right. become that vision of yourself. And just nobody talks about that in the realm yep. of love. And definitely nobody talks about that in the realm of sexuality. Nobody, yeah, nobody, I wanna, nobody. I want to make it clear that like they have their place in this world, which is why they're incredibly successful in what they do, sure. right? Like you said. Uh, but the area of sexual integrity is what we're talking about. We're talking about like an eternal commitment to specifically the blessing. And in the case of this podcast, we're operating from a completely different paradigm, right? As sure. this guy, eternal commitment to one individual for eternity. And we were just having a, a meeting with uh, with Maki, Ma, uh, Maiko san, right? A DP yeah. lecture who literally told us that God had orgasms at the Big Bang, at the beginning of the universe's creation. Right. Well, I think she agreed on our stand. <laughs> Let's not, not put that on her. Uncle she, David. She... Right, right, right. <laughs> he said, okay, well, Uncle Dave asked, did yeah. God or have orgasms, right, when creating the universe? And she said, yes. Yeah. Sure, sure. Twice. <laughs> so my point, my point being, Andrew, it's like we're operating from a different paradigm. So what Absolutely. our specialty is, I think we will confidently – We'll, we'll call out those guys in their areas that we think that they're lacking and not just them. It's like, like you said, everyone in between. Yeah. But we want to offer a perspective on things that we are professionals in and what we actually do day to day, right? Absolutely. And I don't want to, this is not a comparison. It's not us better than them or anything like that. I, what I'm saying is that these guys are world class <laughs> at creating empires <laughs> because they're so good at creating systems and managing time, energy, and all this stuff. But for some reason, it eludes them to do that in their love lives, but most importantly, their sexual lives as well. And that's just, it's not on them. It's its our responsibility to teach them. I hope that they can listen to our podcast and learn a little bit, right? Um, yeah. Can I just say a story, because it just happened yesterday, about this eternal nature of the blessing is that last night, so I've been <laughs> blessed and married for 11 years with Uyanga. And I've only gotten to meet her mother two on two occasions because it's hard for Mongolians to visit America and we were only able to come here to Mongolia two times. And so uh, last night we performed a ceremony that you're supposed to do before you get married to somebody in Mongolia, which is you hand the parent of your potential spouse a scar. And with... a bowl of milk in your right hand and you offer it 
to the parents. It's supposed to be the dad, but her youngest dad is in the spirit world. So I offered it to her mom. And if she accepts me, she drinks from the glass of milk. And she takes the scarf and then she gives me her formal blessing. And we did that last night. And she gave me the blessing, thank God, because we've been married already for 11 years and have three kids. So I don't know what I'd do if she said no. But um, she gave me her blessing. It was very beautiful. And I got a little emotional. I, I try not to get too, too emotional. But then it was my turn to reciprocate. And what I said is, you know, we've been through a lot, my wife and I. And my... In our darkest days, my commitment to her was kind of difficult, but my commitment to you as the person who raised her and also to the eternity that I committed to when I got blessed got me through those dark days. And that's when she started to cry a little. And she's a tough cookie. She survived communism, four children, a very difficult life. And I saw her get some tears welling up in her eyes because she could see that it's not, not what me or what I said, but just the commitment that I have to her daughter and how precious that was to her and how meaningful that like this dude is going to take care of my wife, my daughter for eternity is like, how moving is that if somebody said it and meant it and can live up to it? Like now everybody listening, imagine you could go to the parents of your spouse or your future spouse and look them in the eye and say, I will take care of your child for eternity. This is men and women. I'll be there for you through thick and thin and mean it and have the ability to kind of live up to that commitment. That's power. That's like, that's an unbelievable amount of power in that commitment. So uh, yeah, sorry. I just wanted to bring that up because uh, when you're messing around with something like love, if you don't have that commitment, you're, you're, you're setting yourself up for the potential of a lot of <laughs> difficult days. But if you do have that commitment, you will get through those difficult days no matter what. There it is. Sorry if I took us off on a wild no, you're tangent. Good. I wonder what you would have done if she didn't drink the milk. Or I don't up. know. Would you be here? Yeah, I don't know. I just would have chugged it and cried in front of her and say, <laughs> please, please, I give myself a blessing. No, I don't know. It was obviously, but then we gave her it was beautiful. We all chumbed for her. Uh, yeah. It was really nice. So, anyway, that's that's what you guys can all have, and I and I wish that yeah. all upon you. But it's part of it is having that commitment, but the other part is imagine you've worked on your sexual integrity, and you can live up to your commitments, and your word has that value of somebody who has integrity. Then when you make a commitment like an eternal commitment to somebody, it's got weight. And it means something, and it means something to you, and it means something to the people that you're committing to. That's that's power. Because they were then asking me after the ceremony, we're all celebrating. You know, it was really cute. Her sisters were there, and then they were like, "Again, I've been married to her for 11 years." They were asking me questions like, "So what do we call you now, like brother?" And I was like, "Well, in America, it's called brother-in-law." And then I realized how weird that is that we associate to each other by by law because of. Uh, some with some signatures on a piece of paper that the government has, you know, given us yep. a stamp of approval. Um, but it is like we're now we're now bound legally through marriage, but we're also bound eternally through the blessing. Yep. That's that's not just your spouse; that's all of their family. That's crazy stuff. This is probably one of the biggest piece of pieces of advice that I give is that unless you understand the the 
the eternal aspects and significance of the blessing and you're committed to that, then the blessing itself has very little meaning. And yeah. I, we've done it so many times. Like it's literally just a ceremony. It's literally just yeah. a marriage, literally just in-laws. And that's why the first step in this whole thing, and, and I've been teaching about this nonstop for a decade now, is like, if you do not have a clear understanding of God and spirituality and the eternity, then the blessing is very meaningless and it's very, very hard to understand what the blessing is about. It's nearly impossible because there's no, there's no perspective. There's no, there's no context for why you should, you should care about it, right? Yeah. So people are like, well, when I'm finding someone, you know, can I just marry someone or get blessed, right, with somebody that just like I just get along with and doesn't really share my values? And it's like, you could, absolutely, 100%. But in the context of you want to receive the blessing, there's an underlying assumption. That the, the entire premise of that is that I want to be blessed with someone that shares my value, that we're going to be committed to this for eternity, and... On top of that, is committed to teaching our children about the blessing, and that's the part yeah. people don't don't remember. When your father was matching people, he wasn't just like, "Oh, I want two people that are committed to the blessing eternally." No, he's like, "I need two people that are committed to the blessing and are committed to passing on their children," because that is how lineage is created. It is not just two people having a good time and having a good life. That's not right. So I'm going to take us through these steps right now, and then the third step in these seven stages, which I which I talk a lot about is sexual integrity, all right? Um, and then we can go deeper into that because I want to ask you, Andrew, like you mentioned, you mentioned like these ancillary benefits, like the all-inclusive benefits of having sexual integrity when it comes to preparing for marriage. And I think we have to like kind of go into those a little more. Um, yeah. So in this pyramid, you can think of it as like a pyramid. And the, at the base of the pyramid is like the big domino. And once you hit the big domino, the rest of the steps to receiving the blessing become easier and more clear. As, wait a second, as, wait a second. You got a you got a yeah. analogy alert, analogy alert. I would say domino is much better than pyramid because pyramids get harder okay, sure. to build the higher you go. <laughs> but okay, dominoes domino. I was thinking of like a two I was thinking of a two dimensional pyramid, like one of those like food pyramids. <laughs> all right, it's a domino effect, all right? Let's call <laughs> okay. it the, the seventh the seventh stage <laughs> domino effect. And the idea is that you ruined it. All right. Thanks, Andrew. Um, you've never <laughs> Guys, built a Guys, I, I want you to think of like a sphinx, you know, that uh, it's like a sphinx. It takes thousands of years to build and millions of people dying. All you have to no, do it's... is get, all you need is aliens and vibrations from your voice. <laughs> yeah. Don't you know? Um, okay. It's a domino. So it's a domino effect. And if you hit the idea is you hit the big domino, the rest of it naturally, it's actually easier to find someone and to receive the blessing and to create a blessed family if you hit the first domino. And that's simply, the first one is a relationship with God and with spirituality. In other words, a relationship with a heavenly parent and with eternity. And it doesn't mean like a perfect relationship. It means like I understand this relationship to, ex to the extent that I'm willing to work and invest in this relationship over a long period of time and throughout my yeah. life, right? That's the commitment, that's the relationship. It's like we have an understanding with God, right? And then that's why the second step is well, under. Sorry, go ahead. I wanted to touch on that point because yeah. it's been increasingly more obvious to me that you cannot commit to somebody entirely um, mm -hmm. 
when you commit to them. You can commit to them to the extent that you understand yourself. That's like, okay, as much as you know about yourself, you put all of that on the table. But there is this crazy thing that happens when you get blessed with somebody that as the years go on, you start to realize certain things about yourself, about your character, about your nature, about your past. You start, you know, you start to recall things that you forgot about. People might remind you of all this stuff, and it, some of it is dark and scary, and that's okay, right? So long as you're not sneaking anything in. The point is, like, when you get a phone, uh, you can understand it at that present, you know, moment. But when there's like, let's say, an iOS update. It's completely different interface. You gotta you gotta learn it. That's us too, is like to to fully commit to somebody. I, I just realized that when two people commit to each other, they're committing to the best understanding they have of themselves in that moment. That's the best that you can do. And that's really, really important and something that a lot of people don't do because they might omit certain secrets they had in the past. But we're saying put all that on the table, but even with everything you think you know about yourself, there's still more things buried underneath the surface that you, you know, you'll discover later. I just wanted to mention that because it keeps on coming yeah. up of like somebody's shocked by my spouse did this is like, uh, they've never acted like this before. Yeah. There's layers. There's so many layers to the individual, to our psyche, to our emotion, to our spirituality yeah. that got to sign up for all that. But it is important that as best, you as you can understand yourself in the now that you that you fully show that and give that and offer it to the other person that's what you're committing to yeah yeah 100 percent. it's like uh it gives a lot of validity to the concept of seeing people from god's perspective because if we see just from our own limited understanding of the world and with people then we only see things from that paradigm right but yeah. as soon as we take ourselves out of ourselves and see from a parental view, it's like, what would a loving parent look at each person, each sister, each brother, each matching candidate, each prospective spouse as a uniquely individual son or daughter of God first, and then we can see them as right a p- potential partner, right? Okay, so uh, moving on to step two in this seven-step domino scheme thing. I'm only going to touch the three. Um, and leave you guys hanging on the rest of them. Cool, that's tight, bro. Just, just if, if, uh, if I think we don't have time, but Honey. I can maybe plug a video for you guys if you want to hear me talking about the whole seven, seven things. Okay, so the second, second one, and because remember we're talking about the blessing here, we're talking about true parents and marriage blessing, is to understand the blessing and true parents. And the reason, and people have pushed back on this because they say they they say that oh God and true parents should be the same. But what my experience personally, but also uh, working with a lot of people, is that it is very very hard to understand true parents and the blessing if there's not a foundation of God first. Sure, because there's no there's no context for why true parents did what they did. Why does the blessing exist? If you don't first get like God's heart, God's history, God's uh, suffering, God's joy, the purpose of God's creation. If you get all of that, then it's like, oh, the next natural question is like, okay, then who are true parents? And then it makes sense. So I've just had so many like difficult conversations where I was trying to explain the blessing and how it's different from marriage, traditional marriage. And then people are just getting stuck and like, but what about this? It's like, oh, it's because you don't have a clear relationship with God first. And if you did, right, if you really understood God's heart 
and had that relationship, then it would make more sense that a, a blessing or a new paradigm of doing marriage and two individuals to bring that blessing to the world would make a lot more sense, right? Absolutely, yeah. No, that's yeah. very important because God, as we were just learning, so just for context, Hainun was studying DP together uh, just before this, and there's this idea from the principle that in order to create the known universe, God had to store up a whole lot of energy and build up a lot of energy in order for the Big Bang to happen because we're still living off that energy, right? So really? um, uh, to connect to that energy is so vitally important to know how to do that, how to plug in to ideas, to new ideas, to new perspectives. Like Benji was saying, to see the other person from God's perspective sounds nice. I'm sure you've gotten that advice before from some leader somewhere but it's really hard to actually do to, if somebody's hurt you, to not see them through the pain, but to see them through God's perspective of looking at their kid who's hurting another kid and what does that feel like? And, you know, that whole thing is like, it'll save your life. It will save your physical life. It'll save your marriage if you can get beyond your marriage. And the only way to do that is to plug into something bigger than your marriage, which sometimes is your parents. But also sometimes it needs to be bigger than your parents. Sometimes it needs to be bigger than this whole ball of wax we call the world. And that's called God. Andrew. Indeed. Yeah. So step three, which is one we're getting deeper into here, is to have sexual integrity. Okay. <laughs> there, this is interesting because it's actually quite, it's quite early in this domino effect. It's even, I place it even higher priority than understanding the matching process which people jump straight to when they're like, I want to get matched. Tell me how to do it, right? It's even more important than finding someone, which is usually the the the, the wrong step that people take and they, and they reverse yeah. the order. It's like people's yeah. first thought is like, I want to get matched. How do I find someone and who is it that I can find? And sure. those are like one of the last steps. Those are way, way beyond in this domino effect. Because if you have God, you have understanding the blessings, true parents, and if you have sexual integrity, I promise you everything else is easier because you can see every single person, every candidate, every individual as a uniquely uh, God's child, God's daughter, God's son, right? Yeah. You understand their spiritual significance. You understand the blessing and you have sexual integrity, which means you can look at them through a lens that is healthy and productive and non-destructive and, and, and based on years of training your brain through porn, masturbation and all that stuff, right? So I want to go more into this sexual integrity. So what are those benefits or the all-inclusive reasons why sexual integrity is so pivotal in terms of praying for marriage? Yeah, let's do it. I was just noticing um, the idea of like finding the person first and then trying to become yeah. the person that deserves that person is so counterintuitive. It reminds me of my son recently because he's been obsessed with cars since he was... My mom actually got him hooked when he was like yeah. one. She bought him his first little toy car, and since then he hasn't stopped. And at a certain point, I think he was like eight. Now he's 10. When he was eight, he was like, am I going to get to an age where I have to stop liking cars? And I was like, no, buddy. You can always <laughs> like cars. But recently, like in the past couple of months, he asked me like, if he could buy a car even though he can't, drive it and i was like i think technically you 
probably could buy a car, but it'd have to be registered in my name and you'd have to store it because you wouldn't be allowed to drive it. And, and that sounds very similar to like somebody Brilliant. who finds some, like finds a person that they want to be matched and blessed with, but they're not ready. Now you're going to have to register that under your parents' name. That's on your parents now because you can't even handle them because you don't have a foundation for that person. So for my son, I was like, yeah, technically you could, but it's actually going to be more of a burden on me and everybody else, and you won't even get to enjoy it for six years, so why don't you just wait until you're actually ready? And it sounds very similar in, in like the feeling of this conversation of like, yeah, why yeah. don't you get yourself ready for somebody else first before you find somebody else? Right. It's like you need a license to sexual integrity is like your your license to uh, to mate. <laughs> license to mate. Yeah. I hope we yeah. never get that authoritarian that Well, it's know, like you gotta pass through high noon. But that's what high noon's about. It's like of course people will say, you know, but but what about this? What about that? That's you know, that's not fair. But it's like, what do you want? Do you want the blessing? Do you want to have someone that has sexual integrity. When you guys have the conversation of, do you watch porn, which will happen in your matching process because we actively recommend people talk about it. Do you want yep. to be the guy that says, well, you know, I'm kind of struggling, but I don't know, it'll be all right. Or do you want to be that guy that's like, yeah, I did. And thanks to High Noon, I had a great experience and I overcome I mean, it. And just now, in general, which guy do you want to sound like? Yeah, this like, guy? this guy. No, I'm serious. Like, like, what does your story want to be? This goes for sisters too. Sure. You want? Do you want I'm to be sure. that sister that's like, you know, I, I'm I'm struggling because I, I I'm struggling with this and that and, and whatever, or do you want to be someone that's like, yeah, I I have struggled Doctor. with that honestly, um, but I've yeah. come a lot. I've come very far and I've grown a lot, and this is my story, and I'm trying to help other people do the same. And that's I the conversation. You're, you're gonna have that conversation in a matching process. It will. It will come up. Either she'll bring it up or he'll bring it up. So what's the story you want to tell? So sexual integrity, it's like the first question I ha ask people is like, what do you want? Do you want to be in that situation? What happens when people have no sexual integrity within, when they come into a relationship? In other words, what happens when people, number one, don't know how to understand their emotions, are emotionally up and down. They squash their emotions by running away to escapism and behaviors. They do whatever they feel like with no, with no moral compass. And when they do make mistakes, they feel shame and they try to hide it from each other where they beat, them, beat themselves up. Like what happens to a relationship that doesn't know how to communicate about these things? Yeah. A divorce. Like I'll tell you right now. And yeah. that's, that's how divorce happens. It's like they don't know how to have to give and take about certain topics. It's not money. It's not. It's like they don't know how to talk about money in a healthy, productive way. It's not sex. Right. They don't know how to communicate about sex. So I'm telling you guys like every single person that we talk about the incredible uh, success stories of people going through high noon programs, getting matched, getting blessed to other high noon people or to nine high noon people, all the Roberts and Karinas of the world, the many, many of them, every single blessing, they've all had to go through this process of talking honestly about this stuff. And it's not like they were flawless when they started their matching process. It's like, no, they were having struggles when they even started the matching process, but they didn't see that as a way to, to kind of give up, give up, throw in the towel and run down to the bottom of the mountain and into a ditch again. It's like, hey, this yeah. is what we're struggling with. Oh, interesting. Let's talk about this and let's figure out how to learn and grow from this experience. And I think that's why I always say, I'll say it here, that people who uh, are high noon 
participants are the most marriageable for matching, not the least marriageable, which is counterintuitive, I know. But people who have go- are working on themselves and, and are willing to grow are the most marriageable. So for me, that's number one, is like if you have sexu- sexual integrity, it's a catch-all for someone that's marriageable because they have a growth mindset. Like they, they just know that it's important to work on this and they prioritize just just working themselves instead of the alternative, which is to squash it down, to not talk about it, to pretend like it's not an issue and hope it'll disappear magically when I'm matched and blessed. You know? Yeah, absolutely. So that's yeah. my... At yeah. the end of the day, when you, uh, if you... If you've ever been in a conversation with somebody who's really awkward, um, it's because the, it makes you feel awkward. It, like... Mm their awkwardness spreads to you and it's because they're not comfortable in in that situation for whatever reason, right? But scale that out to marrying somebody who's not comfortable in their own life. How much more painful that is than just a simple conversation with an awkward person. So th- that feeling of being in a conversation with an awkward person, you just want to leave. They just want to leave. You just want this to be over. A marriage that's that's similar is is just you just want to leave. You both just want to leave. You don't know you don't you don't see any mm-hmm. hope. You don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. But somebody who's worked on their own sexual integrity, mm-hmm. they experience many dark days, just like we all do. But there's like something. There's a resilience. I was just listening to this remix. I was working out yesterday, uh, and I was listening to this remix of of a fella. <laughs> I don't need to mention his name, but. He's all about resilience, and he was talking about callousing his mind, mm-hmm. just getting used to running the drills of doing a bunch of things that he doesn't want to do in order that he knows he should do, meaning exercise and all this stuff, in order to callous his mind so that it stops um, worrying and trying to run away, that he can be there in the moment and deal with it. And that's kind of what you guys were asking you to do: is to callous your minds and hearts in a good way, where you stop. Freaking out every time things get bad to the extent that you'd want to run away, but that you can just be there and deal with it in the moment. And that makes you a better listener to your spouse when they're telling you something you don't want to hear or something you've heard a million times and you don't want to listen to, but you can sit there. Why? Because you can endure, because you've calloused yourself to that extent. So, yeah, just being able to be still in the good times and enjoy them allow yourself to be there and enjoy those moments but also in the difficult times to be still in that and to be like man this is a crappy day what should i do about it who should i talk to what should i go pray to have that presence of mind in the bad times will is a superpower in this world that few people have they just react they're in a perpetual state of reaction they scroll their way to anxiety and then after scrolling, they need something to escape all of those weird feelings that arose from scrolling so much that they go to food or they do more scrolling of a different variety and they go to some darker places, right? It's like, man, this scrolling is stressing me out. I need to scroll more. Um, it's yeah, all this this sickness that humanity's adopted where we're disconnected. And to reconnect is a process of if you go from like ADD to having attention, to building attention span, that happens through a process of like noticing that your hand is reaching for the 
keyboard during a Zoom meeting, right? <laughs> or noticing, wow, I just whipped out my phone five seconds ago and I'm doing it again. It's noticing that and Ma'am. saying, no, I'm not going to do this again and choosing. And it's very annoying and awkward, but that's what gives you this resilience that allows you then to have difficult conversations, that allows you to go to the gym when you want to, that allows you to admit that you're wrong, even though your ego really says, but I'm not that wrong. Technically, they're, they're still wrong. It's like, no, just say I'm sorry, right? This is all a part of the same thing. It's all a part of the same skill set that you develop when you develop sexual integrity, guys. Yeah. So Benji is absolutely right, and you should listen to him. And if you don't, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come get you. I'm going to come to your house with a chainsaw. Cut whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> we'll edit that out. I'm going to come to your house with a chainsaw and prune your hedges in <laughs> to um, Disney characters. Sorry. Prune your hedges, wink, wink. Um, so what you are talking about, I think the term that comes to my mind at least is emotional intelligence, which is yep. something I love talking about. And I talk about it so much. When I went to the GPA workshop, the conclusion Ooh. workshop, I talked about emotional intelligence and the reason that we tend to escape to behaviors that are unproductive to us and that we hate even though we don't want to, like phone use, like video games, like porn, like social media, like TV, right? And it's all it's all just like a, a form of escaping difficult emotions, right? And like you said, those emotions that you're feeling, the, the days that are just down are not necessarily inherently evil or wrong or bad. And I said that sure. at the workshop and they were like, Whoa. I was like, yeah, crazy. Stress yeah. can actually be a God-given human emotion. Wow, congratulations, you're normal if you're stressed. Or don't. The, the, the question is whether we're dealing with those emotions productively or destructively, right? And I think you touched on like the two pinnacles of the best ways to deal with stress, which is what we do with our sexual integrity programs, or not stress, but any emotion, is like talk to someone, share with someone. That's actually what we're helping you guys do in our programs every day. And then the second one you mentioned is to pray, internalize, reflect. And then also you mentioned, I think, a critical one, which is to move your body, to exercise, to David Goggins, the whole thing, right? Which I think is the person you're talking about. I don't know. I'm guessing. Um, <laughs> but it's like those three things are pretty much the only available form of dealing with emotions that ever existed since the beginning of human history, right? Like phone use totally a new thing the access accessibility of drug drugs and alcohol a fairly new thing right at least to the yeah. extent porn use totally unnatural so when you have sexual integrity or you work on this it's like a natural thing that you have to bring into your life and you have to invest and you have to bring into your marriage is this emotional intelligence this ability to understand myself to a deeper degree to the point where i can experience all of what life throws at me and deal with it in a productive way right so apart from emotional intelligence, um, I think what also comes with sexual integrity, what we've noticed is uh, good communication skills, uh, which is like the ability to do that first point, which is when I'm feeling things or when I am stuck or uncertain or down or up or high or whatever, I know how to express those to people. And I think that is one of the most underrated and underutilized skills to learn when you're preparing for marriage, because imagine if every person that was coming into a relationship, a marriage relationship, had the skill set of, I know how to communicate things, difficult things. Yeah. Like, you can't, you can't beat a couple like that. Those couples are uneffable. Like, if, if a couple can't deal with emotions, 
that are difficult, situations that are difficult, stresses in a productive way and com communicate about them, if they bring that into their relationship before they get married, you can't yes. beat that couple. You can't, right? And we've just I seen agree. it so many times, like the most egregious types of, of uh, marital situations that I've witnessed and helped people through. Um, anything you can imagine, it's affairs, porn addictions, secrecy, like there's nothing just, I'm, 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 what? Saying mean things to each other too, because yeah, like you yeah. can learn these skills after you get married. You can, but there's a price for that. And that price is a lot of pain and very difficult conversations because you're hurting each other because that's what you do because you don't know how to do anything else. So it's like when you're angry, you lash out at the person if you don't know how to deal with your anger. So right. you either deal with it now mm. and you bring this skill set into your marriage or you learn this skill set by basically crashing into the other person and going through a whole lot of very painful situations because that's, that's basically the story of my marriage is I didn't know any of this stuff really when I got blessed. I had very good intentions but I didn't know how to communicate certain emotions and I only learned how to do it by hurting my wife a lot. And so what was the price? She paid that price. And I paid the price for her not knowing, having self-awareness and stuff like that. So I, 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 many stressful days, so many stressful days of shouting. We had years where we were just like so frustrated most of the time. And that was our learning curve. I realized that now we don't dwell on difficult conversations for longer than a day. <clears throat> we used to dwell on them for months on end. And mm -hmm. that learning curve was excruciating. So the point is, do you want to learn that way? <laughs> or do you want to learn now while you're single? And if you are blessed, yeah. well, that's yeah. them's, them's the cookies that you, you that, but you yeah. can still learn them. And if you learn from other people who have already learned, then you can also expedite, right? You can, reach out for therapy, reach out for support and all this stuff. That all helps expedite this. But um, the best case scenario is if you're not yet married, if you're not yet blessed, to learn it now while you're single is your best bet to mitigate those extremely difficult conversations and yeah. hurting each other. Man, it's a great point. Like it's, I'm realizing more and more as we're talking with people that are a lot younger than us, because we've been in the game for, you know, more than 10 years in terms of the blessing game. Uh, I'm realizing that there's a new breed of, of couple, like there's a new breed of husband and wives that are, that are arising that have, have their sexual integrity, like to have, have what it takes to not go through a lot of the struggles that we went through. And like, I'm the same. Yeah. Andrew. Um, and this really became apparent when I was in a conversation with a bunch of husbands that just got blessed like like one year prior so there's like kind of new couples and i was asking them like oh how's your sex life and i kind of assumed like oh they'd be struggling these are all high noon couples by the way like high noon dudes yeah, yeah. and then the first guy said he's like actually we've been having great sex and i'm like oh really tell me she, he was like yeah we're doing it every day and i was like okay <laughs> i was like that's that's wonderful that's that's pretty rare you know good good for you guys and then i asked the next guy and he was like, yeah, we're the same every day. It's like, what? Like, this is completely like, like a lost dimension, like another dimension from what I'm, what I lived through, right? In the beginning of our, yeah. our blessing. Yeah. 
And then every single guy, I kid you not, was like, yeah, it's like my wife wants to have sex every day. I was like, what is going on? You know? Anyways, it was, it's like, it's it's just so like eye-opening that that you can the the point I'm making guys it's not it's not the the it's not the amount of sex that it was was impressive for me it's that these couples have been through a lot of like turmoil internally and a lot of like porn addiction honestly like before they're matching sometimes in their matching into their blessing and are able to have communication about that are able to be honest and open with each other and develop a healthy relationship, you know, despite that. And I was just like, it's very different. It's just a very different breed of of uh, of men that I've never seen before. So I'm pretty happy. Yeah. Like I'm jealous, honestly, super jealous. But I'm I'm <laughs> like my my old self would have been super jealous. But uh, but I'm also really proud that that we can somewhat maybe pass on some of the experiences that we've helped and help people develop those skills before they enter a relationship. You know, absolutely, yeah. I think again, yeah, to your point is that they've been blessed for like a year and the honeymoon phase really typically in this day and age with our attention span doesn't last that long. And it's the fact that their spouses want them uh, every day is the result of good communication. It's the result of them taking, because if they're escaping all the time and they're running away and they're watching porn, guess what? massive turnoff at the very least, if not incredibly painful for their spouses. And that starts this kind of negative feedback loop and this spiraling of distance being formed. So even even after a couple months, it's it's common for after a couple starts their sexual life, sometimes they get very overzealous in the beginning, that last couple weeks, maybe a couple months, but then reality sets in and then they start to notice that the other person's kind of annoying and then their emotions kick in. And if they don't know how to have those conversations, then that bliss comes to an abrupt halt. Right. So if, yeah, sex is, in, is it's really the result. It's not, it's not the cause. It should never be the, it is in society. It's the cause of a lot of people's interactions, you know, going to club, going to the club to get a, to get a girl. Right. Um, but in marriage, it's the result. It's the result of good communication. It's the result of taking care of each other. I mean, healthy sex, heavenly sexuality is really yeah. the result of serving each other and wanting each other, um, creating this desire by treating each other well. So there. that's a great step. And to hear that there's a group of guys <laughs> that, that are experiencing that and it's really encouraging for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I also want to make the point that if you hear that and you're like, oh, we're not having sex all the time, like that's not, that's really not the point I was making at all. And yeah. And in fact, that that is absolutely not the the best metric of a successful couple. And we can talk all on and on about why that's true. Um, sure. But it was just an interesting example that illustrates the point that we're making that that high noon couples I think are, are are special. Not high noon couples, like couples that invest in their sexual integrity, you know, and make that a priority. Yeah. Can you before we go, Benji? Give Let's, us a review of those pillars uh, or these okay, dominoes, yeah. and then can you just list out all of them, and then, or do you want to leave it completely a cliffhanger so that they I have will to research? give the I'll give them very briefly, and then we can link to a video that I made uh, that goes okay. more deep because I think they need some explanation. All right, some context. So the okay. third one we said is sexual integrity. 
The fourth no, one starting is, with number one, man. Yes, review. Number one is God and spirituality, first domino. The second one is blessing and true parents. So understanding blessing and true parents. The third one is sexual integrity. The fourth one is team unity. So unity within your your team, your matching team. So parents communicating. Of course, you like you should be communicating throughout this whole process, but this is where a lot of the uh like getting on the same page needs to happen and being united, right? The fifth one is matching pro like understanding the matching process. Like how does it work? What do I need to do? All that stuff. Which is interesting because a lot of people jump straight to that, but it's actually not nearly yeah. as important as the previous ones. The fifth well, one the ones prior uh -huh. to that were all really internal and that's right. much more external. So that's true that you'd want to sort through all the internal stuff before you get to the external. Yeah. In my experience with EFM, like most most people are heavily overly focused on how to get matched and not nearly as focused on why to get matched. And that is a huge <laughs> yeah. detriment to the quality and the integrity of the blessing. All right. So number five is understanding the matching process. The sixth one is finding someone. All right. This is again mm. after you've done all the all the work. Finding someone is easy. I promise you. Because by this point, you will know exactly who you are. Well, almost exactly who you are. You'll know who God <laughs> is. You will know you will know what's important in a spouse, and you'll know more importantly what is not important when you're looking for someone and your pool of opportunity is so wide that you could just almost pick someone at random and make it work. Almost, not really. But. And then the last domino is then you create an intimate relationship, right? And that's where you start your blessed family, your, you have your children, et cetera, et cetera. So that's the, that's the next domino to another whole uh, experience. But the point being that that's, people jump straight to that without doing any of that and that's how disaster happens. It's really starting with who is God? What is this this blessing thing all about? What is this eternity thing about? What is true parents? Who are true parents? And then working from that. Like think about it from like my parents' generation or like the, the first, gen first generation's perspective on the blessing. There was no emphasis of like, I'm joining this church because I want to have a sexual relationship or I want to be not lonely anymore. I just want somebody. Maybe some people, yes, but the vast majority was what? Number one, I'm curious about understanding God, spirituality, and DP and true parents. Number one, that's why they join for the vast majority of people. And then when it came to the other steps, like sexual integrity makes sense. And then how do I find someone makes sense? And then they go to true parents matching and they put, true father puts people together and they're like, oh, I have to pay through $2,000 and I have to do a 40 days fast. Okay, sign me up. Right, it's a very sure. different paradigm. Sure. Paradigm because they understand the the value of the blessing so much so that when they hear the blessing is two thousand dollars or X amount, they go, "That's it, like that's all I have to pay to get all of that." But it's backwards or it's reversed when people hear two thousand dollars. Like, oh, I that's I don't want to do that. That's not worth yeah. it. Yeah. So I'm trying to educate the reverse. It's like if you focus on this this internal stuff, understanding the blessing so much so that you're willing to go to Korea to pay whatever, to do the things because you just get it, you know? And it's, sure. that's not an obstacle. Anyways, that's a whole different topic. I think we should link that video um, if you guys want to go more into it. I do want to plug, Andrew, the, uh, the, the group that we're starting for individuals that want to prepare for matching and blessing. Is that okay? Or do you have something else to add? No, no, no. Go for it. Okay. So 
this is something that's starting very soon. Uh, it probably will be an ongoing program. So I, I'm pretty sure this this will not be dated. This this plugin plug will not be dated. It's called the core group. All right. Now this is a group of um, individuals that are going to be studying the core of the universe book together with me and with a brother named David Hewish. We're going to be meeting every week, um, and we're going to be talking and giving some. I'm going to be giving some internal guidance about matching and blessing, and people can ask questions. And we're going to be focusing heavily on the core of the universe book, which is a compilation of true parents' words about absolute sex, the sexual organs, value, uh, purity, etc. And uh, David had such a David Hewish had such a great experience with this book. And he wants to prepare so well for matching that he wanted to start this this program, this group. So if you guys are interested in joining the group, uh, right now it's only for men. We are trying to look for a female to lead the group. So there's a chance that uh, we we will actually have a female to, to join. So uh, if you're a man or a woman and you want to join our matching and blessing preparation Heinen group that has a focus on sexuality and sexual integrity, you can just email me. Uh, I'll put my email. It's benji at highnoon.org, B-E-N-J-Y, B-E-N-J-Y at highnoon.org. And uh, I'll let you in to our program. Okay? Yeah. yeah and That's if it. you're a female and you're like, oh, man, there's no leaders, there's nobody, then then that's you. You <laughs> should do it. You should do it. Yeah. Because uh, it's it won't take much. You don't have to give guidance or anything like that. We'll we'll help you. We'll train you. We'll get you ready. It's uh, this is learning the way that is the most natural to us, which is communities coming together, reading, learning, expressing our understandings and our views and our opinions, and helping to lift each other up and praying for each other and all that. Stuff. It's so organic. It feels like you could buy it at Whole Foods. So please join call call benji via email call him at his email as yep. they say down at the senior center and uh yeah we'll see you there Very thank good. you benji for today let's leave these people alone to their thoughts we want to hear from you let us know at admin at highnoon.org or like i promoted the other week go to our instagram and dm us we DM. I wanna. I want you to find different yeah. ways of communicating with us. Okay. Yeah. See you all next week. Peace. Peace.